All right, moving on to part six of the daily lesson framework, all about shared reading. So if you haven't listened to parts one through five, check those out first, especially because you can't do part six without having done part five, shared writing. So shared reading immediately follows shared writing. And basically, you are going to read the text that you just created or wrote together. So this works really, really well when you have a paragraph or sentences listed like in a write and discuss form you can do it with a graphic organizer that you filled out together or with a script um, you just have to kind of get a little more creative about how you have how you go through each of these parts so the three main shared reading techniques that um, I use every day and that I know Tina Hargaden recommends as well are number one the teacher reads the text out loud to students in the target language because as you create the text with your class during the shared writing portion, it can be kind of choppy and broken up and you're pausing to talk about like what word to use or um, what information was factual or not based on, you know, during the guided oral input. And so things can get a little like separated and disjointed. So it's really important to go back and reread that text in the target language so that the students can hear how it's supposed to sound kind of fluidly because most of the time and not always um, you are the most fluent speaker of that language in the room or at least can read it in a very fluid way so students can hear how it's supposed to sound. Next number two you um, have the students correlate translate the text into the first language um, for languages that are like Spanish or French this is a really good way for students to notice um, how the language is organized and ordered a little bit differently and so we read it and word for word and not how it's supposed to sound in English so you know in Spanish they put the adjectives most of the time after the noun so instead of it saying big house when we translate it they're gonna say like um, Rory lives in a house big and so the students are gonna start to notice how Spanish is organized um, just naturally by translating it into English. Um, same with like phrases like le gusta for likes and dislikes in Spanish. It doesn't mean literally she likes. It literally means like to her it pleases. And they're like, what? Whoa! But that really starts to help them see that this lay is an indirect object pronoun. Now I don't point this out to them, but eventually the more times they do this and the more in-depth writing you get when they see lay in the future, like lady say, they're going to know that lay means to her or to him or to, to them singular, um, she says, instead of not knowing what that word is. So kind of doing this word for word translation, um, I've seen people call it like Shakespeare translation or Yoda translation because it kind of sounds goofy um, and is very word for word. It can be very powerful and that's why we do that. If you want, you can also have students then after each sentence kind of, you know, Englishify it or L1ify it um, where they like, if you read the sentence like, to her it pleases cats or to her it pleases to read books, you could have, you know, a student raise their hand and say, okay, can someone, you know, tell me how that is supposed to sound if we were saying that normally in English. Not that you wouldn't be understood, but the quote-unquote, you know, more ear-friendly way, like, oh, she likes to read books. Um, so you could do that step, but you don't have to. 
And then the third part of the shared reading activity that we always recommend is a little grammar discussion. So you might say, say this to your students to prompt them to come up with ideas. Did anyone notice anything about the way that Spanish is put together that they'd like to teach the rest of the class? So this is an opportunity for your more um, maybe grammar nerdy type students to raise their hand and say, oh, I noticed the adjectives come after the noun. And then I might say, oh, can you give me an example of that? And then I might highlight that in the text. Or I might say, oh, can anyone else give me another example of that if I know there's more than one? Um, you might have to model this for your students because they might be inclined to say things like, oh, they're different words. Yes, yes, there are. It's a different language. Or... Um, Things are spelled funny, but they might say things like, oh, you don't pronounce the H. So they might pick up on things that are actually quite useful, um, or they might say things that are kind of off base. So you might need to model that. So if no one raises their hand to share something, you might want to have something in the back of your mind um, that you can point out to them. Just really easy. And this also gives you a really good opportunity for pop-up grammar. Um, I forgot to mention that during the choral translation part, right before this grammar discussion, there may be times where your students are going strong, where they're translating it into the first language, and then they get to a word or a phrase, and then you'll hear this weird noise, like, um, like to her, she and at that point, you know that the students don't know what that means in English or in the first language. So you can teach into that hesitation or you can teach into that, um, that misunderstanding. Um, that also allows for grammar discussion in addition to the third step when you ask if there's anything anyone would like to teach the, other, the rest of the class about the way that Spanish is put together or French is put together. Um, if you teach a language that doesn't translate word for word directly, you could have them translate it by phrase. Um, so you could, as the teacher, kind of like underline a phrase and then have them translate it phrase by phrase if that makes more sense. But the idea is for them to directly kind of connect meaning from the target language to the, the common language or language one um, in the classroom. A couple other um, shared reading techniques. So if you have short classes, I would recommend you do those three and then be done unless you have a lot of extra time. Block, this is a great way for you to add on. So for shared reading, you could do um, a reader's theater where you pull up an actor or two to the front of the room and kind of read through it and have them kind of act it out and repeat things from it. And I'll have to make a separate episode all about reader's theater because um, it is super fun if you know how to do it. Um, you could do reading from the back of the room where basically you go to the back of the room, students turn around and you ask them questions about the text. I do have a more in-depth episode on reading from the back of the room already posted. Um, so shared reading, you can just kind of you can kind of add on additional activities if you have block or longer classes. Otherwise, I stick to the teacher reads it in the target language, students correlate translate it into L1, and then a short, quick grammar discussion. And that's how I do it in my classes.